Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. friends and family in the room and online, you are sounding incredible today. Go ahead and take your seats. You know, we've just sung some very powerful lyrics there. We've just sung that there is one name that silences the enemy. That there is one name that brings about a victory. And that name is Jesus. Jesus. And I don't know what brought you to church today. I don't know why you find yourself in this room. I don't know why you find yourself engaging online. What is the story in the context of your life right now? But I do know this, that we all go through stuff. And every day we're all fighting something and we're all living in hope for something. And that something is gonna come and those answers are gonna come through and not through a something, but through a someone, and His name is Jesus. So we're going to pray before we get into this message today. And we're going to call on the name of Jesus, and we're going to believe that He's here, that He is present, that He is for you, He's not against you, and that maybe you will leave here today feeling, sensing like you have found an answer to the questions in life that you have been asking. So with every head bowed, Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your power and Your presence being here. We thank You, God, that we've not just come to be entertained by music. We've not just come to hear talks and words being said. But God, we've come because we're all searching for something. Lord God, we've come because we wanna do life right in the eyes of our Maker. We've come, Lord God, because we have a need that we need an answer for. Most of all, God, we come to give You the glory and the honour and the praise that is due Your Name. So as I articulate this message, God, I pray that You will land at home in the hearts of people and minister to every life present, God, in a way that they can understand. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, who enjoyed the start of Luke's message last week when we started this brand new series called Legacy? And I began to think when we were starting this series, I'm like, gosh, if I was like 20 years old, you know, I'm not that much older, but if I was 20 years old, I'd be like, um, why would I be interested in a message around legacy? But actually, the more that I have read and researched, Uh, You know, it's not just about what happens when you die. Like when I go, what am I leaving? It's not just about that. Okay, but I want to talk to you today around the subject of time. Because your life is being lived out in a time frame. And, um, And I think it's important 
that we understand that because every day time is passing us by. Every day, hours and minutes and moments are being passed by that we can never, ever get back again. You've come into church this morning. You came into the foyer. You came into to the auditorium. You've said hello to a few people. We've worshipped together. And though you may repeat the same pattern next week, it will be in a completely different time frame. For a whole nother week will have passed, 168 hours more will have gone by by the time you come back into church next week. So my question is, what are you going to do that is productive, that is fruitful, that is worthwhile in the next 168 hours before you come back into the house of God? Because time is moving and time is passing us by. And you know what? We're all wasting time. And I don't think we realise just how much time that we waste. Time is precious. So I went on a bit of a research this week because I wanted to know how us, the great British public, what do we waste our time on? Okay. So I did a bit of research and this is what I came up with. The average person spends 10 minutes a day looking for their car keys or their phone. Like, that's way more time in our house, most definitely. But that doesn't sound very much. But those 10 minutes a day add up to five hours in a month, turning over the house, looking for the car keys and the phone. It says that on average, people oversleep by 30 minutes every day. That means when your alarm clock goes off in the morning and you press snooze and think, I just have another five, I just have another five, that on average, you sleep over 30 minutes longer than when your alarm clock went off. Doesn't sound too long, right? But that's 10 hours a month. So five hours a month looking for your car keys and your phone and 10 hours a month oversleeping. We're wasting time, people. We get one shot at this thing called life. The Independent News released this study very recently that Britons will spend the equivalent of 22 years, one month and four days of their life online. 22 years, four months and one day of your life. No, one month and four days of your life online. That means on social media, that is searching the web, that is uh, live streaming movies or checking out emails. But 22 years of your life, you better be sure that what you're checking out online is feeding you well, that it is healthy for you, that it is benefit, that what you're engaging with and what you're following is worthwhile to watch because it's taking 22 years of your life. Wow. I don't know about you, but when I read some of these statistics, it was a wake-up call for me. It was a wake-up call because we really do not have time to waste. Time is moving all of the time. Minutes, seconds, moments passing us by. Let me give you some other time wasters. The TV. If you ask anybody how much television do you watch, do you know what they'll say? Not a lot. Not a lot. Everybody says the same thing. And yet... It said that TV licensing telescope report reveals that the average British person watches three hours of TV a day. That's over 20 hours a week of TV. 
And I'm not talking about Netflix, iPlayer and all of that. I'm talking about Coronation Street and EastEnders. I'm talking about just your bog-standard TV. 20 hours a week of your life watching TV. I'll tell you what's another time waster as well. It's not enough sleep. Because if you don't get enough sleep in the night, you're not productive the next day. And so you begin to waste time. I'll tell you what else is a time waster, worrying about what other people think. We spend so much of our time processing, worrying, being concerned about what somebody else thinks about me. I'll tell you what else is a time waster, pursuing an unhealthy relationship just because you want it to work and you know it's not going to work and you know that person's not good for you, but you're pursuing it anyway because it's what you want to do. It's wasting your time. So is living in the past when you can't get past guilt and you can't move past shame. It keeps you in a place and all the time is passing you by and you're wasting moments and pockets of your life because you're stuck reliving the past. And we need to have a healthy awareness of some of these statistics. We need to have a healthy awareness that time is moving because there is no remote control to press pause on your life whilst you sidetrack for a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like when you're watching TV, when you're watching Netflix, and you need a bathroom break or you want to put the kettle on or take a phone call, you can just press pause on that movie while you go off and do your thing and come back whenever you want and start that film in exactly the same place. Life is not like that. There is no pause while you go off and uh, and mess around doing something that you know you shouldn't ought to be doing. There is no pause while, while you get yourself into financial ruin. There is no pause while you pursue the wrong relationship. There is no pause We're wasting time and time is passing us by because we've all been given and allocated a set amount of time to live on the earth. You know, we've been given an amount of time to achieve something with with our life. I don't know if you know this or not, but you didn't happen to be here just because your, your parents got intimate. You don't just happen to be here. You're not just going to, to leave this planet one day when, but actually this is what it says in Psalm 139. David wrote this and he said, you, you God, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book and every moment was laid out before a single day had even passed. What's he saying? He's saying, God, you knew me before I was born. Therefore, you had a set time, period of time in place that I was going to come upon the earth. But God also knows that there is an expiry date on that life and there will be a set time when we leave the earth. And David was saying, God, you knew this. You know, many years ago, we were going on holiday and we were prepped and we were packed and the suitcases were by the door and we were due to travel the next day. And um, just Luke went into the cupboard and he took out our passports where where we keep them. And he's just going through the passports and I'd been run ragged for the previous couple of weeks, shopping and prepping. You know what it is when it's a mum, you've got everybody to, to sort out and figure out. And he went through the passport and I just literally, the colour just drained from his face. He just went, Emma, your passport expires tomorrow. And I couldn't process what he was saying to me. And I just kept saying, but I can still go on holiday, can't I? And he was like, no, 
your passport expires tomorrow. And I'm like, I can still go on holiday, can't I? And he's like, you're going nowhere. And then we just like had this moment of realization. And he was like, I'm going to get onto the passport office. You need to get a passport photograph now. And that now was like, now. And I had my pajamas on. And I remember just flinging my clothes on and driving to the local supermarket. I had my hair tied back and no makeup on. And I know if you've ever seen the mugshot of Myra Hindley when she was arrested, but that's on my passport now. And it's there for the next 10 years. And it's not a pretty sight. I'm like, oh, sitting in the, the photo booth. But anyway, he had to pay an extortionate premium to get us an emergency passport through. But I'm so glad that he opened it, and I'm so glad that he checked, and I'm so glad that he looked, because if he hadn't, I would have missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime. I would have missed out on a great family holiday. And here's the thing, this is what I want you to think about. I was prepared to go on that holiday. I wanted to go on that holiday. I had the desire to go. I was expecting to go. But there was a deadline and an expiry date that I had not paid attention to. And I'm grateful for someone who looked into my life and reminded me, there's an expiry date, you need to do something about it. Do you know the whole point of this series, Legacy? It's just that. It's to remind you that there is an expiry date for all of us on the life that we live to remind you that though you've got dreams and though you've got ambitions and though you've got stuff that you're going to do one day when and though when God created you, He created you with purpose on your life. He created you with a desire and a dream to do something. He had expectancy for you to do something with your life. Well, just because you've got a dream and a plan and just because God has expectancy on your life, It doesn't mean you're going to fulfill it. It doesn't mean you're going to do all that you desire to do. Because this physical life has an expiry date. But let me tell you something. If God's put a dream in your heart, He's given you enough time to fulfill it. And the only reason that we don't get around to fulfilling the desires of our heart is because we've been wasting time. It's just something to think of. By the way, this is not meant to be morbid today. This is meant to motivate you and just make us all aware to remind you, don't be so stuck in your past and can't get over what happened. Don't be reliving old memories that is holding you back from pursuing what is ahead of you. Don't be so led by your feelings. Don't be so tempted to to give in to temptations that it's going to sidetrack you and take you down a rabbit hole when you've got a great life ahead of you and you've got things in your heart from God that you are to fulfill. And so we're not to waste time. I thank God. (laughs) You know that we don't have a physical passport in life. Can you imagine that when you're born? that you're given a passport and your expiry date is stamped on it? Like, wouldn't that be awful? That we would have a passport of life and you'd just be looking at it and you would be able to see the day. Like, I'm so glad that God did not give us one of them. You know, there's a story in 2 Kings and it's about a king and his name is Hezekiah. And Hezekiah became really sick. And he asked the prophet Isaiah to come and pray for him. And he said, would you ask the Lord God to heal me of this sickness? And Isaiah said, pray for him. And Isaiah said, I think this is your time's up, mate. I don't think you are going to get healed from this sickness. 
And Isaiah goes to walk away. And as he walks away, the Lord speaks to Isaiah really clearly. And he says to him, go back and tell Hezekiah that I've just extended his life by 15 years. I'm giving him another 15 years. Like, that's so specific. I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse, if I'm honest with you. I'm like, mm, like, he was given another 15 years. I, I, if I was Hezekiah, on year 13, I'd be crying all the time because I'd know my time was coming to an end. By year 14, I'd be checking every cough, cold, and sneeze that I had, thinking, is this the thing that's going to take me out? And when it turned into the 15th year, I wouldn't get out of bed. I'd just be lying there, just like waiting. So I don't know if it was a good thing or not. We did not get a passport with a stamp on it to show us how short our time is here on earth. But I know Josh is just going to come out and help me with something because somebody recently did this exercise on me. Yeah, he's a good-looking assistant, isn't he? You can whistle. You whistle, you boys. And somebody recently did this exercise on me, and I did it on our life group leaders. But I just want to be able to show you something. So, Josh, if you could hold this tape measure. Yeah. And um, what age do you think you're going to live to? 47. <laughs> is that? That is our worship leader, a man of faith. Come here. I'm not going to hurt you with my scissors. Right, that way around. Okay, let's be generous. What should we give you, 85? Yeah, go into 85, okay. 85. Now I know that you've got a big birthday coming up soon. How old are you going to be? 30. 30. This is why we're doing this exercise with Josh and not with me. So 30 years of your life you have lived. They're the ones you've lived. That's what you've got left. If you go to 85. Now, if you want to get yourselves a tape measure and hang it by your calendar and every year you can snip a bit off. Wouldn't that be interesting? That will make you treat time more preciously. That will make you a little bit more serious about the time you've got left. But what I want to show you is all the dreams and all the ambitions, if you get to 85, that's the time that you have to do all that is in your heart. And for some of us, our tape measures are going to be much shorter. Time does not go on forever and ever and ever. We are beings on this earth for a short season. Thanks, mate. For a short season of time. Listen, in Psalm 90, it was written by Moses, and this is what he said. He said, Lord, teach me to number my days right so that I can gain a heart of wisdom. What was he saying here? He was saying, God, show me the brevity of life so that I can gain wisdom with the time that I have left. Why did he want wisdom? Because he knew that the short, during his brief stay here on earth, the choices that he made and the decisions that he made would have eternal consequences. So he was like, God, show me the brevity of my life so that I might make wise choices with the life that I have left. Because I understand my time on earth is really short and I understand the choices I make today have eternal consequences. In other words, how you
you choose today is how you're going to live tomorrow. But also what you choose today is going to determine where you spend eternity. Because you do know, right, when this body has gone, the you who you are, the spirit of a man, you are going to live on for all eternity. So you need to make choices on the earth that determine where you spend your eternity. The choices that you make on the earth today will either set your children up strong or you will set them up to struggle. Therefore, you have to choose wisely. You know, if you've ever wondered, wonder what people will say about me when I've gone. Or a wonder if my life counts for anything. Or a wonder, like, am I valued? Then I would say that you too have been like Moses and you have been thinking about the brevity of your days. That you too have been like Moses and you've been asking God kind of like, what is the number of my days and what is my purpose? And God, can I have some wisdom on my life? You know, when you start thinking along those thoughts, that's called legacy. It's mindful of your legacy. Because a lot of people think that legacy is just a, 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 like a something you leave behind. Like legacy is like achievements, like winning awards or achieving goals. But let me tell you, legacy is so much more than just accomplishing. A legacy is also about equipping. Because what you leave in someone is just as valuable, if not more, than what you leave to someone. You need to be people who deposit something into someone else. You know, the things that a person accomplishes in their lifetime are great. But when they're gone, all you have left is the memory of that accomplishment. But when you've spent a lifetime equipping someone, your morals and your values live on. You can equip someone. People will know. People will, will remember you for what you, the imprint you left on their heart. They will remember you for the impact you made. They will remember you for the influence you had. You can leave a powerful memory of good morals, right living, family values, appropriate behaviour. You can leave a legacy of faith. And that legacy of faith is not just to be lived when you have gone and moved on, but you can pass on a legacy of faith now, even when you're here on earth. You know, my grandparents did not leave a great deal of stuff behind. They didn't, they were very frugal. They did not have very much. I have a couple of things in my house that was theirs. But now they've been dead many years. Those things are on the shelf or in the cupboard just gathering dust. But I am extremely grateful for grandparents who made a choice to follow Jesus and sent that down through our lineage to my parents, to me. And I've done it to my children and they will do it to their children too. A legacy of faith. They made choices with their life that affected their family. I want to show you a photograph. This, um, this photograph. This week while I was preparing for this message, I was handed this little booklet. And the reason I was handed it was it's the story of a church that is being built in Liverpool in 1898. And it's the history and the story of the building of that church. 
And the reason that I was handed the booklet was for this photograph. Because this girl down here, the bottom one with a hat on, that is my nan, my grandma. And these are her four friends. They work together in a place called Dutton's in Liverpool. And although they look like pensioners, they're teenagers. Hello. <laughs> Life was a bit hard back then. But they are, in fact, all teenagers. And I've also got a photograph, the two at the bottom. That's my nan's best friend, Lil. Can we put the next image up, please? This is Ivy, and this is Lil. Lil went to this church. Lil knew Jesus. Ivy would go to Lil's house for dinner, and she knew there was something different about that family. So Lil invited Ivy to church, and Ivy made a decision to give her life to Jesus. And in that church, she met Bill, who's my grandfather. It's a great place, you know, just saying. If you're single, it's good to be in the church. This is the point. Can we just put that photograph back up, please? This is the point that I want to make. If it wasn't for Lil's invitation, Liverpool One Church would not exist. I would think about that. That's legacy. Because if she hadn't invited my grandma to church, and she hadn't made a decision for Jesus, I don't know where I would be, or if I would be, and I don't know that this church would exist either. So you don't know what is on the end of your invite to somebody. You don't know what is on the other end of the decision that you're going to make. Listen, those of you who put your names down to be baptised in a couple of weeks, I have seen those names. There are some of you in here who are getting baptised. You are first generation Christians in your family and we celebrate that with you. We really do because you are making a powerful, powerful choice with your life. You are making a decision that's going to change the trajectory of your family forever. All because of the decision that you have made. And we celebrate that within you, changing the trajectory. But you know what? We're not the only ones who celebrate with you today. We're not the only ones who applaud with you today. You're making great decisions because listen to this. Hebrews 12 tells us that heaven is full of believers, those who have gone before us, who are cheering you on in your race of life. Let me tell you, it says that, let me actually read it to you in Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin, that so easily trips us up and let us run this race with endurance, the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So scripture tells us that the balconies of heaven are full of those who have died and gone and gone back to be with Jesus. And they are looking at your life and they are cheering you on. Now, let's just be clear on a few things. We don't pray to the dead and we can't talk to the dead, okay? That's not what this scripture is saying. 
But if you think about it like this, this afternoon my house is going to be full of men watching football. And that football match is played out real time. But they are going to be in my house watching it being played out real time. So there they can see the game and they will be championing and screaming at that TV. The players on the pitch are aware that there are crowds watching them, but they can't interact with them. It's very like that with the balconies of heaven. Everyone who's gone before us, every character you read about in the Bible, centuries of men and women of God have gone before us. Ancestors in your family that have gone before you, they're watching your life played out on the earth and they are cheering you on. They are saying, keep on going. We know what it is. I think God wanted this scripture in here to make us realise you are not the only generation to have ever existed. There are centuries of people who have walked this earth, who have run this race called life before. There are people who've gone before you and you know what God would say? I've seen it all. Every hurt, every pain, every problem, every struggle, every situation that mankind has ever been through, I have seen it all before. And I've seen it all before. Do you know why? Because the devil is not creative. He's only repetitive. So he just recycles the same old stuff over and over again. And God said, I defeated him then and I'll defeat him now in your life. So everyone in heaven is like, go on. Lil and Ivy, two Scouse girls, hanging over the balconies of heaven, whooping Liverpool One Church. Like, go on, take this city for Jesus. And the champion in you, come on, keep going. Don't give up. Remember Luke's preach the other week. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. Keep on going. I know the hour feels dark. I know you feel alone in your struggle. I know you feel like you're never going to make it. You just don't feel like you can get through. But here's the thing, right? Well, yeah, here's the thing. I never missed a sports day when my kids were small. Like, I was that mother. The one the kids don't want on the sideline. I was jumping up and down. I was loud. And I went to every single one of all of their sports days. Because I know that when you're up against something, if someone is there calling your name and cheering you on, it spurs you on more. And so I just want you to understand that. There is people in the balconies of heaven who are saying, don't give up. Just keep on going. Keep on going. You see, the thing is with spectators, they have a vantage point. They can see the whole thing. Like we can only see the part that we're running now. But if you are a spectator at a race, you can see how far they've got to go, but you can also see how far they've come. So heaven gets excited when it looks at your life. And it's saying, keep going. Time is short. So run your race well. Because even though you're feeling like you're hurting right now, even though you're feeling like everything feels against you right now. Even in the difficult times of your life, you're learning lessons that you are going to pass on. You are going to put into others before you go. You're learning patience in this season. You're learning endurance in this season. You're learning how to be disciplined and you're learning perseverance. Just keep going. Because in your learning 
you are in fact equipping others ready to run their race. When I was at high school, I loved sports. It's obviously been a thing for me, sports day. And about the only thing of high school that I thoroughly did enjoy was sports day. And um, I was never good at long distance running, but I was very good at 100 meters, 200 meters hurdles, that kind of thing. And my most favorite race was when we used to do relay race with the batons and there'd be a team of four of us positioned round the field. And the runner would start with a baton in the hand and your sole goal was to get the baton into, into your teammate's hand. That was your sole purpose. And you would run like the wind with your arms stretched forward to get the baton into your team player's hand. But there's a period of time when the two of you are running at the same time. That's actually called an exchange zone. It's when you are running, and if you ever you've done a relay race, you will know that the other person doesn't stand still waiting for you, but they too start sprinting. And you've got to up your game to get that baton into their hand. It's kind of like that in life today. We're here today because someone has put a baton in your hand. At some point, somebody came sprinting alongside of you and passed you the baton of faith, passed you the baton of Jesus Christ, passed you the baton of the local church. Someone has put something in your hand and said, go, this is what you need to do. This is how we do it. And this is why we're, we're here today, you know, and, and, and this scripture, it tells us that when we're running our race, it goes on to talk about, it talks about the cloud of witnesses that are cheering us, but then it goes on to say this, that we are to get rid of every weight, strip off every weight and every sin. Notice weight and sin is different. That so easily ensnares us. That means trips us up. So when you're running your race and the crowd is cheering you on, it's your responsibility to get rid of the weights and get rid of the sin that so easily trips you up. A weight is something that weights you down. Do you know that athletics today, their clothes are made out of certain materials. Their trainers are so light and it's also that they can run quicker. They can run with efficiency at the fastest speed possible. A weight makes you heavy and prevents you from motioning forward like, like a boat and you drop the anchor, you drop the weight and it's to stop that little boat drifting off. When you are carrying a weight, you can't run your race of life efficiently because a weight will cause you to waste time. Weights make us feel lethargic. Weights make us feel depressed. Weights, don't, weights make us feel heavy hearted. Weights can be formed by various things. One of the ways that we're formed is when people say things to us or about us and it upsets you or it offends you or, or, or it hurts you and it sits like a weight on you. But let me tell you, those weights will hold you back from fulfilling your God-given purpose and it will waste your time here on earth. So we can't afford to carry them, right? We've got to get rid of it. And the scripture says it's your responsibility to get rid of that weight. And how do you get rid of it? Well, you don't let offense get in and you don't let jealousy settle in your heart and you don't become a bitter person and you do all that you can to, to be kind and be generous and move and operate in love so that you can run freely and quickly. It goes on to say sin. It wants us to remove sin out of our life and sin is the thing that you're doing that you know is wrong but you want to keep on doing it anyway because let's be honest, sin feels good, right? Because we wouldn't keep going back for more if it didn't. 
but it feels good. So everybody keeps sinning, even though we're saved and we're followers of Jesus. We have a responsibility to keep our own life in check because sin has a wage. The Bible says that wages of sin is death. It is costly to sin. What does that mean? It's not just talking about physical death, but what it's talking about, there will be areas of your life that are just not fruitful. Areas of your life that are just not barren. It never seems to work in a relationship. Just can't get your finances under control. Just one battle after another battle in different areas of your life. Sometimes we've just got to stand back and take stock of ourselves and be like, God, I want to be transparent with you because I want to run my life well. Every aspect of your life is in debt to the choices you make. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, you are all running through life carrying two batons. And the two batons that you are carrying are called reputation and character. And these are the two things that you will one day leave behind. Reputation is something that you live up to, but character is what you are. Reputation is what precedes you, but character is what will remain when you've gone. Reputation is made in a moment, but character is built over a lifetime. Reputation is what others say about you at your funeral, but character is what they remember about you when you've gone. Reputation is who people think you are, but character is who God knows you to be. Character and reputation. Let me just give you some advice. If you can get your character right, your reputation will follow. Because character is the part of your life that you have been given overall responsibility for. You are responsible. None of us can, we didn't get to choose our start in life. We didn't get to choose the parents we were born to. We didn't get to choose the upbringing that we have. But the who you are and who you're becoming, that is your responsibility. And can I just say this? If you don't like you, change. Don't go through a lifetime disliking attributes about yourself don't go through a lifetime not liking the way that you are or the way that you're being or the thing that you're doing because God has given you the ability to change. You get one life on this earth, one shot. Why would you go through it miserable when you have the ability to change? Do you know human beings are the only beings that can change the course of their life at any given time? Seriously, every other being, animals that were created, all operate under this thing called instinct or the genetic code. In other words, they do what they do because that's what they were created to do. So take the goose. We had this debate before. Is it goose, geese? Can't even remember. Goose and geese. Take the geese that fly south in winter. You could sit a goose down. You could give him six months of counselling because you know the sun is not going south this winter. It's going to the east. And you could tell that goose you do not want to go south this winter. You need to go east this winter. And he will nod his head and he will agree with anything. But the minute those wings start flapping, he's going south. 
because he can't help himself. It's a genetic code. It's an instinct that's built within him. But human beings can go 10, 20, 30 years of their life going in one direction and change just like that because God has given you free will and the ability to choose and to change. So if you don't like your life, you can change it. Listen to this. Jennifer Aniston. She was years in telesales before she became the famous face of Rachel on Friends. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was a gym teacher with a side hustle as a party clown before he was ever Wolverine. Morgan Freeman was a delivery driver before he became the great face that graces our movie screens. You can change your life. You can change your character. The choice is yours. You know, God wouldn't put a dream in your heart if he didn't want you to fulfill it. So if you don't feel like you're fulfilling the desires of your heart, you need to do something about that. And I suggest it starts with prayer. And I suggest it starts by we get before God and we say to God, I've got these desires in my heart. And we begin to articulate to him what it is we do want and what it is we want to experience in life. Get it out of you. Get it before God. Because here's the thing, right? We've got our prayer life a little bit confused, a little bit wrong, because we tend to go to God with all of our complaints and of all of our life's disappointments, telling him everything that's wrong. But think about it like this. If you went to a restaurant and the waiter came to take your meal and you picked up the menu and you started saying, well... I don't want the pork king prawn linguine. I'm not into lasagna. I don't like the carbonara. I'm not feeling the fettuccine. I don't want fish and I'm bored with pizza. The waiter's still stood there. He knows everything you don't like, but he still can't give you what you want because you haven't managed to articulate it to him yet. Do you know that our prayer life looks like that with God at times? God's like, stop telling me everything what's wrong. Just start telling me how you want your life to shape up, what you want to do with your life, what are your ambitions, what are your dreams, what are your goals? Because in your choosing today, you're setting yourself up for a stronger tomorrow and you're also equipping others for after you've gone. This is your legacy. This is your life. This is your hour. You make it count. Can we all stand in here this morning, please? Let's not be time wasters. Let's be mindful, not in a morbid way, but in a motivational way, that there is an expiry date. None of us are going on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever just on this planet. But we've got to stop talking about the things that I don't like about me. Got to stop talking about what's wrong with me got to stop complaining about the me that I am. I've learned over the time that life is precious. My life is precious. So I'm not going to major on the things that I don't like, but I'm going to celebrate the things that I do like. I'm going to love my family hard. I'm going to serve my church hard. I'm going to be kind and generous to the people around me. And in my doing so, I know that God is going to start to open up the dreams and the plans that He has for me. You can do exactly the same. 
And so I just want to take the honour of praying with you before we leave this service today. And um, my heart in all of this is that it's just giving you some food for thought. Just some food for thought. That you be mindful of your life, not careless with your life. That we will take time seriously and we won't be idle and wasteful with it. If we could see time, we would treat it like a, a precious commodity. If it was, if it was viewable in, in gold, we would treat it so carefully. But, but it's not. But the Bible says that time is a gift that was given to you. Every day is a gift that is given to you. What are you doing with your gift today? What are you doing with your gift in the next 168 hours before we meet back to church? What are you doing with your gift? With every eye closed, every head bowed, Heavenly Father, I thank you for every family that is represented in this place today. I thank you, Lord God, that you are a, a good God and a caring God. And God, I wanna thank you for the gift of life that you have given to us. I wanna thank you, Father God, that, that we don't take lightly something that you have extended your hand to bless us with. But God, I pray that we will be people who begin to articulate well what it is that we desire to do, the things we want to do, the dreams and the ambitions, Lord God, that, that we will bring them before you and begin to change our life accordingly, God. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for everybody in here. I thank you for those tuning in online. I thank you for the wise choices that we have made with life to come to the house of God today. Father God, I know that you are mindful of every single person here. And I ask Lord Jesus that you will be with them, that they will be mindful of you as they go about their week this week. And I just wanna pray one more prayer. Now we've got Baptism Sunday coming up in a couple of weeks in church. And uh, the guys are gonna tell you after how you can sign up for that. But I believe that there are many here who you've been thinking about it and you're putting it off and you're saying, well, next time, well, I'll see what this one is like this time and I'll see what happens and I'll go for it next time. Every day is a gift. Don't waste time. God has got a lifetime of opportunity waiting for you. Now is your moment and now is your time. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you don't know what it is to have Him in control. You did not know that you could pray to Him every single moment of every day that He wants to be near you and with you and in relationship with you, then I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now. So as I pray this prayer, I'm just asking that you repeat this in your heart after me. If that is you and you wanna leave here knowing that you are in relationship with Jesus. Father God, I thank you that I find myself here today. And I'm asking Jesus to come into my life come into relationship with me. I don't want to do life on my own anymore. 
I give you my struggles. I give you my pain. And I give you my shame. And today, I call myself a child of the Most High God. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.